Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Engineered Solutions of Georgia. Dial 678-ESOG now for a solution to your foundation and waterproofing problems. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. So we begin a vacation week for me. That means pre-recorded action. Of course, it comes at a time which there's a lot going on around Georgia football. But here's the thing you got to probably understand, many of you do. There's kind of always a lot going on around Georgia football. So maybe never a perfect time to be away from work. But for the next few days, I am going to, which means, you know, big official visits coming up this weekend, things like that. Obviously, we're not here to cover that live. We will be back next week, though. So we'll react to whatever goes down and happens this weekend. But the promise I can make to you, and you know this by now, if something happens, if something really big occurs, obviously, somebody or maybe a pair of somebody's from the dog nation team will be live on video talking to you about all of that you can certainly trust that to be the case and i'll look forward to being back with you live again next week and obviously we're so appreciative of you for allowing us to spend a little bit of time with our families here this week really really excited about all of that now i'm also excited about this we have a great collection of shows we're going to be airing for you over the course of the next few days and we have kind of a fun theme for some of this we're going to get to, which I think you're going to kind of enjoy here. But uh, prior to that, I also want to talk about something else that I really like this time of year. You know, it seems like the college football calendar kind of works out where there's always certain things that seem to always happen around the same time each and every year. And one of those things is the release of the summer magazines. And I realize we kind of live in a digital age and the idea of going to a new stand to buy a magazine is a little bit of an antiquated notion for some people. I get all of that. But for now, I am still very much in love with the old school college football preview magazines. Now, I'll admit this. There are a lot fewer on the newsstands now than there used to be. I think we still have Phil Steele coming out in July. But really, the only thing I saw on newsstands this year was the Athlon. We hadn't had Street and Smith in a couple of years. I don't know if Lindy's is just late or if it just wasn't at the newsstand that I went to. I did go to a couple of them. But for now, it's just Athlon. But nonetheless, I still like this, even though obviously the late news cycle for like the transport portal and stuff like this kind of renders some of what might be written in a preseason magazine somewhat uh you know I, a lot can change between the time these things go to newsstands or go to the printer i should say and the time we end up picking up on newsstands but nonetheless as long as they're out there i'm still gonna like them and the one thing in particular that I like so much about these magazines is when they bring in the so-called anonymous coach. Now, this year, to Athlon's credit, I don't know if they couldn't get a head coach to do this or if they finally chose to spill the beans, but uh, in this year's Athlon preview magazine, it quotes a uh, uh, an assistant coach. Quotes an assistant coach. What an assistant coach says about the Georgia Bulldogs here. That's kind of the overall statement there on that. Uh, an opposing SEC assistant coach. They kind of give it away. Not a head coach who's speaking on this. It's an assistant coach. But nonetheless, sometimes the anonymity, the idea that you don't have to put your name next to it, allows you to sort of be somewhat more candid. And in the past, what we've seen is, is that Georgia hasn't always fared very well when being discussed by these so-called anonymous coaches. At times, they've been a little bit critical. In fact, to give you a little bit of an idea of this, I went back and found my 2021 Athlon Sports Preview magazines. This is the SEC preview from 2021 and what you see is a little bit of critical stuff here on some of this kind of stuff Uh, they say it's a roster better than anybody in the country this is back in 2021 except for bama 
but they're turning over most of their secondary. Uh, uh, they just have to embrace the future of their offense. They could win it all. But in here, you also see them talking about how the fact that uh, they're kind of muddy on offense. They don't really know what they want to do on offense. They have a little bit of, a, I guess, an identity complex there on offense. They're still figuring out how to be elite. We read that about Georgia part of the 2021 season. Uh, before last year's game against Tennessee, different publication had a different crop of anonymous coaches. They were even more critical of Georgia than that. Remember the ESPN story from before the Tennessee game where an anonymous coach sizing up Georgia said, I wouldn't be surprised if Tennessee scores 50 points on them. Georgia's front is average. Their back end is below average. They miss William Poole of all people. Uh, he obviously left the team uh, you know, earlier than that back in the 2022 season. He says, uh, you know, Keely Ringo's just okay. The others are just okay. They're gonna the Tennessee wide receiver is gonna run right by the Georgia secondary. Uh, so you know, when it comes to like anonymous coaches, at times Georgia has had a hard time impressing the anonymous coach. The freedom not to put your name next to something, the uh, ability to sort of say what you really think without people knowing who you are. At times, that has led Georgia to be kind of criticized a little bit. And if you keep like I do these old Athlon Preview magazine, you see some examples of that. But when it comes to twenty twenty two or after the 2022 season, looking into 2023, apparently that's no longer the case. I'm going to read to you here a little bit more than I typically do. A little bit of what an opposing SEC assistant coach has to say about George. What you kind of realize when you listen to this is, is that final category of critic, the person in the past that's been the hardest for Georgia went over, the so-called anonymous coach quoted in these preseason magazines, even they are bending the knee to Georgia now because this opposing anonymous SEC coach says they're the default pick for the college football playoff, the national title game, and the conference. Absent quarterback, they've got the most complete roster in the league and probably the entire country. So if you settle on the quarterback let's say it's Carson back Mike Bobo is going to do exactly the same thing as Todd Munkin did tell the kid to go out there and be efficient enough move the ball around and stay out of negative plays and we'll have the best two receivers in the SEC that just transferred in plus Brock Bowers they've got like five starting running backs and an offensive line that's massive and NFL good defensively they're the best it doesn't matter what they lose they're Kirby Smart's Alabama defense or I guess it's Nick Saban's where they just reload with NFL caliber guys anonymous coach Athlon Sports goes on to say they're just simply the best and most effective defense in the nation they're losing keely ringo and christopher smith in the back but they're still going to be the best secondary in the sec so even now the anonymous coaches who used to be able to say bad stuff about georgia because they didn't have to put their name to it even they are acknowledging yeah you know what georgia is truly the best and they are the default pick to win the national championship and if you care about this stuff over the course of years it's kind of cool to think that we go from where athlon was in 2021 where a anonymous coach said they're still trying to figure out how to be elite you read what they're saying about about the georgia bulldogs part of the 2023 season and certainly no one can deny how elite georgia has become so i don't know i think that's kind of fun it's kind of nice to see the ways in which georgia has grown even in the opinion of the sort of the anonymous coaches who typically can give you a little bit more of a hot take because their name's not connected to it even with them all of a sudden georgia is actually looking to be in pretty good shape and of course for kirby smart this sort of creates a little bit different kind of challenge because as the anonymous coach kind of points out here there is very little you can nitpick with georgia about on the field they've proven so much over the course of the last two years it just sort of seems faded that they will maybe go for three and 23 and win another national championship and so for kirby once again, you kind of find yourself in that position to kind of fight back against complacency and kind of push back against even your 
former critics are now forced to praise you as clearly the best in college football. What kind of mindset does that create for you going into the upcoming season? Does that put pressure on you to even win more? Well, when Kirby made an appearance on the Atlanta sports radio station 680 The Fan earlier this summer, he kind of addressed that as an idea. And for Smart, he says very little about my mindset changes, despite the fact that all of a sudden now even the anonymous coaches think we're going to win the national championship again. This is what Kirby Smart said about that then. Yeah, I don't, uh, no more, no greater impression than it was last year. Yeah. So it's like it's just every year's independent of the previous. You start from scratch. You look at your team. You do the best job you can. You probably need a little luck, just like we had some against Ohio State. I mean, at the end of the day, I could be sitting here and and, and had lost that game, and I still think we'd have had a successful season. Um, certainly, success is measured by rings and championships, but internally, we measured on do we get the most out of our team, and we're going to do the same thing this year with 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 our team that's coming back. And the point here is even anonymous coaches are forced to admit that now that no one's getting more out of its talent than Georgia is. And Kirby says, hey, listen, there's potentially a lot of ways you can measure success. Obviously, Georgia does come down to championship rings. It does come down to what kind of wins you get in December and January when it really matters. And no one's been better at that than Georgia as of late. At one point in time, even last November, anonymous coaches were using that cloak of anonymity to kind of take shots at Georgia and predict Georgia losses. And they're going to give up 50 points to Tennessee and over the years in the Athlon Preview Magazine at times. People have asked some pointed questions. What's going on in offense? Or, you know, uh, you know, tough guys to replace on defense. All th- those kinds of discussion. Well, now none of that's left. Georgia has conquered the college football world. And even the anonymous coaches, the guys who used to say bad stuff about Georgia, even they've been forced to admit that now. My name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. We're presented today by our friends at Engineered Solutions of Georgia, and happy to have you with us. No matter how you get to us, live on video, we start obviously normally 945 for our first and 15. Take a little bit of a hiatus this week for the first and 15 because I'm on vacation. We'll be back doing that on DogNation.com and the Dog Nation app next week. And of course, across all platforms, 10 a.m., Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Radio Noon, App and Sports Radio 960, The Ref, and as a podcast apple spotify all the podcast players we're just really happy to have you checking in as a part of our show today and a big thanks to our friends at engineered solutions of georgia to make it all possible you know that's a solutions-based company so if you are looking around your home and you see cracks in the walls you see some sort of unsettled looking situation maybe you have a concrete floor in your basement or you see water creeping in where it's not supposed to be you already know that's evidence of a problem but when you see that around your home and some of you will see this when you do see that i want my words now to be triggered in your mind then oh yeah ba said if i see this problem the solution to this problem are our friends at engineered solutions of georgia because they literally have the word solution in their name that means they want to step up and solve that problem for you so if you're dealing with a situation where you've got something like that going on maybe it's a simple fix but if it's a more complicated more complex issue all the more reason to have ESOG on the job because Engineered Solutions of Georgia has an entire team of engineers on staff to work with you. And there's nobody else in our market that can say they put that kind of level of resource together and work for you. That is when we love our friends at Engineered Solutions of Georgia. So it's time to give them a call. 678-ESOG now. That's right. Number super easy to remember. Simply dial 678-ESOG now, and that'll get you in touch with our friends at Engineered Solutions of Georgia. Proud partners of UGA, longtime friends of ours at Dog Nation Daily, and a great solution for your foundation waterproofing issues. Check out Engineered Solutions of Georgia today. All right, we have a very fun show and a very fun week's worth of shows coming up here on vacation, of course. But we have a little bit of a theme we're going to be addressing over the course of our time here, which is the idea of bold predictions 
as it relates to Georgia. And and coming up in a couple of minutes, we're going to talk to Mike Griffith, a little bit of an odd Tuesday appearance from Mike on this show. But Mike is going to give us some bold predictions he has for Georgia here this year, no doubt leading to a spirited discussion. Jeff Sintel is going to do some of that with us here this week. Some of you will get a chance to have your bold predictions shared on the air here before we're done this week there as well. And of course, I'm going to use kind of this around the doghouse space each and every day to kind of share some of mine too. And when the week is done, obviously it kind of creates kind of a fun conversation, but also I think a pretty good snapshot of how we're previewing the Georgia season right now, the mission to go for three and 23, the fact that even anonymous coaches have now acknowledged that's what Georgia's probably likely to do here this season. What are some other bold predictions that can be made along the way if Georgia is indeed able to get that done? So I want to give you one right now to sort of start off the week, and then we'll hear from Mike and Jeff and many of you, of course, in the days to come. Here is my first bold prediction for Georgia this season. I'm going to start with a small one and work my way up to a bigger one. The smaller one is is that Brock Bowers will eclipse the 1,000-yard receiving mark for Georgia this year, becoming just the second Bulldogs pass catcher to ever do that. Obviously, you know our buddy Terrence Edwards, the only other 1,000-yard receiver in previous Georgia football history. We believe that Brock Bowers is going to become the second here this year. And in addition to that, we think that Brock Bowers is going to become a Heisman finalist here this year. Now, there are a handful of reasons why I believe that's a bold prediction I'm comfortable making because here's the thing I understand. Is the bold prediction going to be at least big enough that it gets your attention, sort of like a hot take? It's got to be fun. But I want to be able to really attach my name to it and stand beside it. Here are the reasons why I think it's not too bold to say that a tight end like Brock Bowers can be a Heisman finalist. A, we have seen a collection of unorthodox Heisman finalists in recent years. A tight end would typically be kind of somewhat unorthodox. But a couple of years ago, we saw a wide receiver, Devontae Smith, win it. We've seen Aiden Hutchinson, a defensive end from Michigan, become a finalist. There seems to be a little bit of an appetite for this kind of thing. And speaking of appetites, you know, last year we saw a Georgia player, Studs a minute, break through and become a Heisman finalist. First time the Dogs had somebody in that role since 1992. So pretty clearly with Georgia being as good as it is, there's clearly an appetite among Heisman voters to recognize the success of Georgia by having a UGA player be a Heisman finalist. And I think the best candidate for that this year is going to be Brock Bowers. And then beyond that, here's the thing that might matter most. There was something that Kirby Smart said the other day, kind of just sort of talking about tight ends and talking about Brock Bowers in particular, that kind of got my attention. He was on the radio station WJOX out in Birmingham. He was there for the golf tournament, the region celebrity pro-am. And in talking about Bowers and how special he is, Smart kind of acknowledged that this is a player that Georgia gets one more shot to use, one more chance to fully unearth all the capability that he's displayed here at UGA. And this may be the ultimate reason why that the biggest season yet for Brock Bowers may be the one that's about to take place. This is what Kirby Smart said on a Birmingham radio station just a couple of weeks ago. How much more can we see from Brock Bowers this year? Like how much? How many more different things can he do for your football team? As many times he can touch the ball, he needs to touch it. He is a special, play him on special de- football Play him on player. defense. Hey, I could do it, man. He, he could play it. I guarantee you that. <laughs> well, when I talked to him before I had you guys this year, he said, you know, I have lined up a tailback. Yeah. He worked a tailback because we didn't have any backs, and we took about a week-long camp deal and worked him at tailback in case we needed him. <laughs> the guy's ridiculous. He's, he's a good player, he's man. You're loaded at tight end again. You have to feel good about that spot. Well, we're, we're not as loaded as we were. We don't have a guy like Darnell. We've got uh, – Has there ever been a guy players. like Darnell no. at tight end before? <laughs> but, we don't, but, but we don't have him. So we had him. We don't have him. So it's not the exact same. <laughs> So obviously everything that Smart says there is kind of interesting and thinking about all the varied ways in which Bowers might be used, I guess is kind of a curiosity in its own right. But it's what Kirby says at the beginning of that clip that I don't think should be missed. 
as many times as he can touch it, Brock Bowers needs to touch it. Would you say that was the philosophy that was always in place for Georgia last season? At times, it didn't seem like that was the case. At times, it seemed that Georgia was really intent to spread the ball around. But the assumption I'm going to make here for a moment is, is that likely Kirby Smart and offensive coordinator Mike Bobo know this is their last year to use Bowers. That after this, he's going to be gone. He's going to be gone to the NFL. I believe it will be a very high first-round draft pick. So now there's nothing to save it for. There's nothing to wait on. We saw him kind of unleash the national championship game last season. Darnier had 200 yards receiving and almost became a 1,000-yard receiver a year ago. There's an even higher threshold, I believe, available to him this year. And I think that Georgia, this is my hunch, I'll admit, but nonetheless, it's a hunch that I'm willing to make, that Georgia's even more intent to kind of feed him the football this season than maybe it was always willing to do last year, which I think it spells special things. For a program last year that broke through and had a Heisman finalist, I believe that Brock Bowers is going to be the next. That is the first of a series of bold predictions I'll make with you here this week. And that is around the doghouse here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Engineered Solutions of Georgia Today. So we're going to have a little bit of a theme with that uh, throughout our week's worth of uh, shows here. It's going to be a lot of fun. In fact, the guy that's going to help us keep that going right now is our buddy Mike Griffith. Don't often hear from him on a Tuesday, but it's going to be fun. His own bold predictions coming now as a part of Dog Nation Daily, presented by Engineered Solutions of Georgia. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. Fun uh, vacation week's worth of shows rolls on with me. Happy to have uh, Mike Griffith, rare Tuesday appearance for him on Dog Nation Daily, uh, presented by Engineered Solutions of Georgia. But Mike, so much fun to be able to do it with you there as well. You know, obviously I'm away, so that requires some pre-recorded shows, but it also kind of comes at a good time in the calendar where we get a chance to sort of look ahead to the upcoming season for UGA. And over the course of our time, I want to hear some predictions that you may have for Georgia this upcoming year. But as kind of a lead into that, I don't think you would deny, I think we would both agree, that the landscape around Georgia football right now is so fascinating, right? They've conquered so many worlds here over the course of the last couple of years. And now, you know, the big question that looms is, can they come back and do it all over again? No obvious reason that they can't. Uh, But nonetheless, a lot of fascination about what exactly Georgia is going to look like on the field here this season, is there not? Yeah, no doubt, Brandon. And it's been interesting to hear Kirby couch last year's accomplishments this offseason, talking about getting lucky. You don't often hear, hear Kirby Smart use the word luck, but on more than one occasion, he's referred to being lucky at Missouri and lucky against Ohio State. And You know, I think that underscores just how monumental of a challenge the Bulldogs have ahead because the fact of the matter is is that you do need some good fortune. Georgia didn't just motor over everybody by three or four touchdowns last year or the year before, for that matter, so... I think the head coach wants to probably remind everybody that nothing is a given, even while we would look at their schedule, look at their talent, and say that this does look like the best team in the nation entering the 2023 season. Yeah, and before we kind of get into your specific predictions, I'll also kind of follow up on that to say that in the Missouri game last year, the best example of this is that college football just has a way of surprising us. And we can project this to happen and that to happen, and based on paper, we have good reasons for for saying what we're going to say, and yet... There's also going to be a moment, whether it be for Georgia or somebody else that kind of considers themselves a contender, where something totally unforeseen happens. So maybe Georgia will win the national championship here again this season. But if it does, it's going to have to leap over some sort of hurdle at some point that nobody saw coming. I think last year's season actually is a pretty effective blueprint for describing just how true that really is. Yeah, no doubt. And last year's schedule played out really well. You know, they gained so much momentum in that opening game against Oregon. And 
were able to keep everybody healthy for the most part until the end of the year when they needed them down the stretch drive. So that's also probably part of that luck that Coach Smart was talking about is keeping your key players, guys that maybe you wouldn't have won it without, guys like a Brock Bowers, like a Cedric Van Pran, some of those key pieces that you've got to keep on the field to win championships. Okay, so here's how I want to do this, if you don't mind. I'm going to give you the floor. Give me a bold prediction that you have for UGA. It's kind of our theme of our vacation shows here this week, kind of looking at some bold predictions for UGA. I'm going to let you say one. We'll kind of kick it around for a minute, and then we'll move on to the next one after that. So, Mike, the floor is yours. Surprise me uh, however you want to. How about a bold prediction for Georgia this upcoming season? I think Georgia's going to start more than one quarterback. I think you're going to see more than one quarterback start this season. And, and the reason for that is twofold. One, the competition is much closer than I think a lot of people feel. Um, the G-Day game is what we saw. What a lot of people didn't see was Carson Beck throwing three interceptions in the first scrimmage. And I think that Brock Vandergriff's athleticism is something that really appeals to Kirby Smart, those wheels, that mobility. He's talked about that. I think it's going to be up to Carson to play really good football to hold the job. And then I also think that part of my reasoning is that there's always that outside chance that somebody gets a little mixed up. Yeah. You know, you go back to 2017 and there were two quarterbacks used. And I go back to 2020, were there three quarterbacks used? Even 2021, there were two quarterbacks used. So more times than not since 2017, there's been two quarterbacks that have started games or more. And I think this is going to be one of those years. So my response to that is is that I'm fairly ambivalent, you know, going back to the start of the the calendar year even. I would have been fine with Gunnar Stockton, I would have been fine with Brock Vandergriff, I would have been fine with Carson Beck. I didn't really have a dog in the fight, so to speak, in terms of who emerges as the Georgia starter. I would have been sort of fine with anybody, whoever played the best. I was more than happy to watch Dog Nation sort of rally around them. But given the fact that the perception here now is that Gar- Carson Beck is the guy out in front, if you're telling me that two quarterbacks start during the season, then I guess in a roundabout way, I would sort of take that as bad news for UGA because that means that something happened that's not supposed to happen. Because, you know, clearly Carson Beck kind of got some accolades for how G Day went. And, you know, I didn't really hear, you know, you know, much in the way of negativity about him during the spring at all. I certainly think he looks the part of kind of a mature signal caller here right now, maybe in a way that he didn't always when he first got to Georgia. So if your bold prediction comes true, Mike, and it very well, very well could, but if it does come true, my knee-jerk reaction then is I'm not quite so sure that's great news for UGA if you're having to change the plan at quarterback during the season. Well, it could be a competitive situation. You know, one of the things Kirby Smart said was he wanted to see how everybody looked in games. And, you know, maybe it's a situation where he starts one in the first game and the other in the second game. Um, or maybe it's a situation where he just wants to change things up. Maybe uh, Brock Vandergriff is a package guy and they start one game inside the 20-yard line after a long kick return. I just foresee that. I, again, and it's not meant to be a knock on Carson Beck. It's really more of a compliment of how well I think Brock Vandergriff has come along and how committed Kirby Smart is to letting this quarterback competition play out on the field. Boy, that'll be a fun thing to watch as we head towards that. Mike, how about a, <clears throat> excuse me. How about another bold prediction for you? Uh, you've certainly gotten us off to an interesting conversational start there. Uh, what else kind of comes to mind for you as a bold prediction for UGA here this season? Well, this is a little bit tamer and, and maybe even more predictable, but I think Brett Thorson's going to have an 80-yard or more punt. Oh, wow. You know, he, he had some dynamic boomers last year, and I don't even remember, Brandon, 
there being that much wind behind him on any can you imagine Brett Thorson with a, a strong wind behind him punting from inside of his own 20 uh, yard line I, I think we're going to see the Australian go more than 80 yards on a punt next season you know, it kind of reminds me, we have been kind of doing some stuff here internally where we've been looking at some of the big moments in the last couple of seasons and things like that. We've got a fun social media campaign we're going to roll out as it relates to that, or are we in the midst, we are in the midst of rolling it out here right now. And when I think back to what really mattered from this past season, the Thorson punt against Tennessee, and credit to Nolan Green for kind of getting down there and helping making sure, you know, that ball didn't get into the end zone, but obviously Thorson boomed it. When you go back and look at the things that happened in the 2022 season, I don't know how many individual moments were really bigger than the Thorson punt. Now, Brett was also kind of funny this year, kind of joking about the fact that, you know, Stetson been in the Georgia offense would never let him punt. He basically had, you know, some fun with that at, at times. But in one of those rare occasions in which he did get to punt, uh, ultimately ended up being one of the bigger plays of the game in the biggest game that Georgia played during the regular season. So therefore, one of the biggest moments during the season. That's how valuable that Thorson punt was for Georgia against the Vols because it clearly backed them up against their own end zone. And the Georgia crowd got every chance to really get involved with that there at that particular moment. Yeah, well, you know, speaking of things that were unpredictable, uh, a lot of that, the, the 13 experts had Tennessee number one going into that game, which was Pretty miraculous, considering Georgia was ranked number one in the polls all year long and had lost and was playing at home, and yet that CFB committee had Tennessee number one. I would not have predicted that. Uh, that would not have been on my wildest picks of a year ago that Tennessee would be number one. But this is about Georgia, so we'll keep it steered there. And, yes, the Thorson punt was big, and as was the Sanford Stadium crowd, as was Jalen Carter and Stetson Bennett's uh, telephone touchdown. A lot of great memories from that number one versus number one game. And I think it also kind of speaks to the fact that, you know, we can talk about, you know, how good the Georgia offense has been the last couple of years and obviously how historically good the Georgia defense was, certainly in 2021 especially. And yet that third phase of the game really matters here too. You know, I noticed no bold prediction coming your way about the place kicker here at the moment. So obviously Thorson, the more known of the specials when it comes to the punter. But when you look at why Georgia's been as good as it is, what it has done on special teams is, almost just as important as what it's doing in the other phases of the game there as well. Yeah, it's kind of been an unspoken area that Georgia's won every year. It really only shows up when something goes wrong, right? But you're right. Georgia's special teams have been key. I think about Jalen Carter's blocked field goal in the championship game against Alabama. And to me, that was the turning point of the national championship game against Alabama and Indianapolis was that blocked field goal, that momentum we think yeah. about. Chris Smith and the field goal, blocks field goal returning against LSU. And people forget LSU had 149 yards in that first quarter against Georgia. A lot of people say, oh, that was, those yards. No, no, it was early on. They were torching Georgia good. And that was a big momentum swing for Chris Smith and Georgia. So special teams has come up big. All right, final one then, Mike. You've given us two very interesting ones to chew over here. you got another bold prediction you can give us before we wrap things up here today? Yeah, I'm going to go with Dominic Lovett will be the leading receiver, number of catches. I think this is a guy coming in from Missouri that's here to do business. I think Ladd remains on the outside, remains a deep threat. I think he's fantastic, and I think Brock Bowers is fantastic too. But Lovett came here to go to work. And when I listened to his interview the other day, and we did a story on this at Dog Nation about why he's here and how much he loves the way Kirby Smart goes at things, a light bulb went in over my head, and I said, you know what? This is exactly the kind of dangerous slot receiver that Mike Bobo needs to really tear up other teams. And it's a great compliment to Brock Bowers and Ladd McConkey and, and Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint, or Ra Ra Thomas, or whoever wins that X. This looks like 
the under receiver. This looks like the slant receiver. This looks like the end around. This looks like a tough, determined player that I believe will lead Georgia in receptions, number of receptions, not necessarily reception yardage, but number of receptions next season. So interesting distinction when it comes to the total number of receptions, obviously, as opposed to the receiving yards. Let me play this out with you for a little bit, Mike, because I think this is kind of an interesting fodder for conversation. On the one hand, I think I probably agree with you from the standpoint that if you want to go back and look at G-Day, which is like the evidence that we have of kind of what Georgia looks like, the only evidence we have here thus far for 2023, I think it's very interesting how small a part of the day that Lovett was then. The conspiracy theory that I've sort of kicked around since then is I almost think that Georgia may have been intentionally trying to conceal Lovett. In other words, why let it be known just what a weapon that he might be in this Georgia offense. So I am certainly of the belief that uh, Lovett this season – is going to be far bigger part of the overall offensive story than he probably was on G-Day. Then when you look at how productive he was for Missouri a year ago, clearly Georgia has brought him here to use him. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But I guess, Mike, I guess the one thing that I might say counter to my own point there and maybe also counter to what you're saying there too is this is obviously the deepest offense he's ever been a part of. When you look at his overall numbers a year ago where he was, you know, almost at 900 yards receiving, just given the fact that, you know, he is going to have to share with Aladdin McConkey, he is going to have to share with Ra Ra Thomas, he is going to have to share with Marcus Rosemey Jackson. I believe that Georgia might really turn Brock Bowers loose in a way this year that it just didn't have to do a year ago that maybe Lovett could be a better player on certainly a more significant team than he's ever been a part of in the past but maybe the overall stat line looks a little bit smaller because of just how many maybe top flight weapons he's actually sharing time with here at UGA how would you respond to that I think that's possible um I think it's very possible I think that one thing I've noted from Kirby Smart is is how efficient he is with his players and what Kirby realizes is what we realize that it's kind of like NASCAR Brandon you got to get to the final lap you got to keep your fenders clean and get to that final lap to win the race. And, and so something like last year, we didn't see a whole lot of volume for Kenny McIntosh early. I don't think you're going to see a lot of volume for Aaron Smith early in the season. These are players that you need to have available down the stretch run November, December, and January for the playoff games to win titles. And I wonder if that may be the case with Brock Bowers. You know, Brock has been a pretty beat-up guy physically the last two years, I still remember Stetson throwing the ball to him 16 times in one game. He caught 10 of them against Alabama in that 41-24 SEC championship game loss. Got to have those guys available at the end of the year. That's why I think Lovett will be a weapon that's used early and often on high-percentage plays uh, to help Carson Brack or Brock Vandergriff get off to a really good start and to get him in sync in a new offense. So quick final follow-up on that, and we'll uh, wrap it up after this. I just think it's objectively true that on paper, this is to me the deepest crop of receivers that Georgia has had at any point in time under Kirby Smart. I mean, based on what has been proven, not just speculating on the basis of potential, but Ra Ra was Mississippi State's leading receiver a year ago. Dominic Lovett was one of the top receivers in the entire SEC a year ago. Ladd McConkey had a huge year, statistically speaking, for Georgia last season. Marcus Rosen Jackson was probably, you know, quietly more effective than some fans realize from a season ago, too. That when you look at what Georgia players who are in this receiving core right now have actually done on the field in the SEC, I think this is the most arrow up this position group has been at any point in time under Smart. Do you agree with that? Wow, I'm taking inventory. There was one year that 2018 class was pretty good with McCole Hardman and and Riley Ridley. Uh, But yeah, you know, I I guess so, because I think Brock Bowers is on the Mount Rushmore. 
I think he might be the best tight end in college football in the modern era. So I, I have a very, very, very high opinion of Brock Bowers. I don't think Georgia wins either of the last two national championships without this guy. Uh, I know that he's the number one player that every opponent prepares for. Everybody starts with number 19. So to that point, yes. And I think Lad McConkey is uh, a great success story and a future NFL player so much faster. And Brandon, he's grown right before our eyes. Every time Lad comes to the press conference, I swear the guy's grown an inch. Hmm. He's bigger and stronger than you ever would have believed when he first came in as a, a very um, – you know, unheralded three-star recruit that Tennessee didn't even want. Jim Cheney didn't even get past the restaurant to his house on that visit. He was supposed to go see him and never made it there. So, I mean, and he's become one of the all-time fan favorites, certainly one of the best ambassadors. So when we talk, and, and you mentioned Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint, you're right. He is reliable. He's dependable. I don't think he's necessarily dynamic, but uh, he doesn't drop passes. He's a physical receiver. Uh, he's a target that you know that you can rely on. And Arian Smith, what can you say? He's, he's world-class speed when he runs by that Ohio State uh, DB and catches that 76-yard pass. I mean, it just, you know, really put the energy. So, yeah, I, I think so. And, and Lawson Lucky's a guy that, that's come in and impressed. It'll be a factor. So I would say you're absolutely right. I think the receiving core as a whole is deeper and arrow pointing up. Boy, a fascinating conversation, Mike. We appreciate you doing with us here today on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Engineered Solutions of Georgia. We'll obviously look forward to reading plenty from you there at dognation.com, and I will enjoy the chance to catch up with you live once again once I'm back from vacation. We'll look forward to doing that then. All right. Thanks, B.A. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. Great conversation there with Mike Griffith, and I just want to say thank you to both Mike and Jeff who really helped us out with this theme this week. You know, we're kind of leaning into kind of bold predictions. And obviously, part of this, I don't try to pull the wool over your eyes, is it's the sort of conversational device that we can use that doesn't run the risk of seeming too dated based on whatever news happens. And we know that while we're gone, some stuff is going to happen. But it's also important to be able to step away from work from time to time and really unplug. And I do take that seriously in the summer. So we're going to do some of that. Hopefully, we provide good content while we're away and the bold predictions give us a chance to do that and when i kind of went to them with this i knew they'd help me out with it i knew they'd give some good stuff and good fodder for discussion and uh, obviously mike did that there we'll hear some from jeff Sindel tomorrow and so uh, i think we're off to a good start on that in fact we're going to kind of use the same type of stuff for our sec through here there as well looking at bold predictions as it relates to some of the other teams in the sec some of these are outright season predictions in other cases it's something a little bit different hopefully that'll give us a nice way of providing a snapshot on the rest of this league we'll do that here coming up in a moment prior to that let me remind you that we are cruising around the sec courtesy of royal caribbean and while i do have a royal caribbean uh, cruise vacation coming up a little bit later on i'm actually not on a cruise this week so some of you maybe think that i am but i am not i am looking forward to a, ru- a cruise vacation coming up for this particular week i'm just not at work which is one of those things that when you have kids they're excited about being off of school and stuff like that sometimes you just sort of do that and so that's what we're doing here right now but i can promise you this if you yourself are on a royal caribbean cruise vacation this week i know you're enjoying yourself because this is a great time of year to be doing one whether it's the bahamas or you're going to labadee that great private destination there in haiti uh you're going to st thomas all the great places that uh, royal caribbean sails this time of year 
great time to be doing that. And a great travel agent named Jessica Slater, specially selected for us by Royal Caribbean, can help you out with that. You know, when it comes to vacation planning and things like that, our friends at Royal Caribbean really believe that a great Royal Caribbean cruise vacation made even better when a terrific travel agent plans it for you and plans it with you. And that's what Jessica does. We'll give her a call. 770-718-9147. That's 770-718-9147 for a lot more on that. All right. So over the course of the next four days, we're going to share with you a bold prediction for each team in the SEC other than Georgia. And obviously during a different space in this show this week, I'm kind of looking at some of those specific bold predictions as it relates to a UGA. So let me start with this lousy stinking Gators. Here's my bold prediction for Florida. And some of these, I admit, you know, trying to find the right way to sort of frame this, because here's the deal. Obviously, I can make a bold prediction of, ah, Florida's going to go 0 and 12. That's a bold prediction. But if I'm not really willing to kind of connect my name to it, sort of sign my name to it, then it doesn't quite work. Uh, so you got to try to find a way to kind of put it out there a little bit, kind of push the envelope on this a little bit, but at the same time, you want to be able to stand beside it. So what my honest expectation for Florida is here this season is for Florida to be kind of up and down. Like, look at the way in which the, the season is going to probably play itself out. You get the book in at the beginning of the season where I think they could go on the road to Utah. I think they could just get blasted by the Utes. Last year, obviously, Florida got a big win against Utah coming down here. But what we said was, hey, entirely different scenario when you travel out west. Rice Eccles Stadium, probably along with Outson Stadium, you know, toughest stadiums in the entire like sort of western part of the country. Very difficult place to play, at least historically has been. My guess is it's probably tough for Florida. They're a double-digit underdog on the road at Utah. That's probably an ugly game. End of the season. In-state rival Florida State. My guess is, given how good I think the Seminoles could be here this year, I believe that is probably a pretty tough game. So you've got rough game to start the season against Utah, what we think is rough game to finish the season against Florida State. And in between, my guess is that Florida's probably kind of up, kind of down. Because if you care about like the math nerd stuff, ESPN FPI or the SP Plus or some of those projections, Florida's actually given a chance in some of these SEC games this year to make some noise here and there. So in all likelihood, much the same way they pulled what some people viewed as a surprising upset against Utah a year ago. We picked it to happen, so it wasn't surprising for us. But but the same way, in the eyes of some, the win against Utah last season would have been a surprise. There is probably a surprising moment or two for the positive slated to happen for Florida here this year. But there are going to be far more losses to deal with there, too. This was a team that scuffled its way towards a low-tier bowl game a year ago against Oregon State, got embarrassed by the Beavers out there in Las Vegas, we think a similar occurrence is likely to take place here again this year. So the bold prediction we have for Florida is by the end of this season, Billy Napier will be squarely on the hot seat. And I don't believe he'll be fired after this year because the story with Scott Strickland at the, at the Athletic uh, a couple of weeks ago indicates just how much Strickland and the Gators need for Napier to succeed. So we think he's going to be given every chance to succeed. But ultimately, he's going to enter into the 2024 campaign knowing he's got to be more than just winning record, more than just make a bowl. He's going to have to be very, very good because the second-year bump that sometimes happened for SEC coaches, we don't think it happens for Napier here. Not enough to cause him his job after the 2023 season, but certainly enough to enter next season squarely on the hot seat, putting a lot of pressure on DJ Lagway. 
the uh, elite prospect, kind of the one thing that Napier has had go well for him since becoming Florida coach is winning with a prospect like Lagway as a quarterback for the class of 2024. Well, tough situation for Lagway because he's going to come in really needing to be very good from the start because of how messy the quarterback situation for the Gators is overall. So our bold prediction for Florida, Billy Napier, hot seat at the end of this season. We have a bold prediction for Texas A&M. And this is another one of those things where it's like you want to kind of categorize this the right way. You know, I don't think that they probably took a huge step forward this year with Bobby Petrino as offensive coordinator, but I do think they take some step forward uh, with Bobby Petrino as offensive coordinator. So exactly how do you describe that? Well, here's the bold prediction I'm comfortable making. A&M travels to Tennessee, middle point of the season, somewhere around then. I think Texas A&M beats Tennessee this year. That, to me, is an example of what A&M can do, which they really haven't done very much. They got the upset win against Alabama a couple of years ago, played them close this past season. But Jimbo Fisher just doesn't win enough games, certainly enough marquee games, not, not at all. And frankly, last year they were lucky to beat anybody. But clearly this is a team with a real dearth of kind of marquee, give their fans something to be proud of type wins other than the one they got against Alabama a couple of years ago. But this year... I would say that Tennessee probably counts as that. That's going to be a preseason top 15 team. And I believe that on the road, A&M earns that victory. Now, what they do after that or around that, your guess is as good as mine. And as to how many losses this ends up meaning for Tennessee this season, we'll get more into that later on this week. But if you're looking for Jimbo to get this year, what he hasn't always gotten a ton of, which are signature style wins, we do think they'll probably get one on the road at Tennessee this season. We'll make that our bold prediction for A&M earning a road win at Tennessee during the 2023 campaign. And then finally, one more bold prediction to give it to you. It involves Mississippi State, of course, brand new coach being introduced there, Zach Arnett. Interesting thing about Arnett, and many of you have been following this, is the about face that he wants to execute in terms of the kind of offense that Mike Leach was running prior to Arnett becoming head coach. Obviously, Arnett was Leach's offensive coordinator, but you're left to believe that Arnett, if he had the chance to do things completely differently, would have been glad to do so. In fact, now that he does have that chance, that's what he's doing. He's instituting a little bit more of a traditional style offense. They're bringing tight ends into the program in a way that they – have not done before you know Mike Leach didn't use tight ends Mike Leach didn't have tight ends on the roster now they want to change that Arnett who's been a very good successful defensive coordinator kind of a tough-minded guy wants an offense to pair with that defense now so my bold prediction for Mississippi State is I think this is going to end up being a very good year assuming there's no injury but for the sake of bold prediction we're we're going to assume health I think it's going to prove to be a very good year for former Georgia tight end Ryland Goatee. And I got to tell you, I'd be I'd be very happy if that were the case. I think that Goatee's a talented dude. And I think that he's like a lot of Georgia players in recent years who's just kind of gotten stuck on a roster, a position group, where the degree of talent with which Georgia's had is almost just laughable. The kinds of tight ends that Georgia recruited on the heels of bringing in Goatee, who at one point in time was a four-star in his own right, it's just such an embarrassment of riches, unlike anything almost any team's ever done before. And guys like Goatee suffer because of that, because it's Brock Bowers, and it's Darnell Washington, and it's all these players, Oscar Delp, uh, the likes of which that most programs would be envious just to have any one of those, and Georgia had them all. And so I think because of injury and because of the depth with the position group, we never saw how good Ryland could be. But I do think for a place like Mississippi State, he might prove to be pretty good here this year. And for Georgia fans who don't see the Maroon Bulldogs this season, don't have any reason to be too concerned about them, they may be tuning in occasionally on Saturday to see one of their own, Goaty from this state, former dog, now playing at Mississippi State. 
maybe making good on his final opportunity here in college football. We hope he does that. We predicted it will. That is our bold prediction for Mississippi State. And that is cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. So hopefully you find that kind of an effective conversational device, looking at each SEC team, making a bold prediction for each of them. We'll do that during our SEC through time here this week. Some of those will be kind of the season-long variety. We'll get into more of those as we go throughout the week. In other cases, it's just a brief snapshot of here's what you ought to notice, here's what you ought to pay attention to. Uh, I thought we got off to a pretty good start with that today. One thing we're not going to be able to do this week, just because we're not live, uh, no golden shoes this week, but uh, continue to send in your submissions. And I'll look forward to sharing a whole bunch of those when we're back uh, next week here live after that. So enjoying some vacation time this week. We certainly appreciate you allowing us to do that. Now, let me tell you who does not have much fun in the sun this time of year. It's those lousy, stinking gators because they know there is trouble brewing 151 days from right now. That is our Gator Hater Countdown. We love doing it each and every day, even when we're on vacation. We'll see you back here again tomorrow.